Welcome to the BCMA podcast webinar series. This podcast is converted webinar audio. Welcome, welcome. So excited to have you here today. It's just 12 o'clock, so we'll let some folks filter in and then get started. Fantastic, that's looking great. All right, well, let's get going. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the British Columbia Museum Association webinar. My name is Lorenda Calvert, and I will be your host for today. Today's webinar topic is Aiding and Addressing Burnout, presented by Shane Lobsinger from GoToHR. Shane, we're so excited to have you here with us. Uh, before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that as an organization of provincial scope, the BCMA recognizes that its members, today's presenters, and attendees occupy the lands and territories of BC's Indigenous people. We ask all of you to reflect on the places where you reside and work and to respect the diversity of cultures and experiences that form its richness. I'm joining you today from my home on the traditional unceded lands of the Lekwungen people. And I invite you to post in the chat your name, your pronouns, and where you're joining from. As I mentioned, my name is Lorenda Calvert. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm your pro the program's coordinator with the BCMA and your host for today. I don't have my camera on, but I'll do a brief visual description of myself. I have long blonde hair that's tossed over my shoulder. I have fair, pale skin. I'm smiling with all of my teeth. I have a, a purple corduroy or a burgundy corduroy shirt jacket and underneath that I'm wearing a striped brown tan purple and fuchsia sweater. The slides we're using today are white and light blue and they're just summarizing some of the points that I'm saying to you verbally. If you need any technical assistance today please reach out uh, to Vanessa at operations at museum.bc.ca the email address you see on the screen. I can't always check my email during our webinars. This is the best one to reach us at. Just a little information if you're returning to Zoom after a while or new to Zoom, uh, here's some tips on how to use the webinar. You can use the chat feature to write your questions. Um, the facilitator will ask them to the presenters, that's me, and we have closed captioning enabled to uh, show or hide the subtitles. Click the live transcript button in the taskbar. If you can't find the taskbar, hover your mouse at the top or bottom of the screen and it should emerge. We'll also be using the whiteboard function today and that button is in the taskbar as well, but we'll walk you through that when we get there. Shane, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen and pass it over to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello everybody, thank you, Lorenda. Um, this is going to be fun. We're gonna talk about burnout. Um, I'm going to go straight into my presentation. Um, actually, first, my name is Shane Lobsinger, pronouns are he, him. Um, I'm right now on uh, Musqueam, uh, Tsleil-Waututh, and, um, and uh, Squamish territory, and very privileged to be here for sure. Um, and I'm working with GoToHR. I'm a workplace learning coach uh, for psychological health and safety. Um, and we are working in partnership with CMHABC to provide um, uh, psychological health and safety, mental wellness supports for the tourism industry in BC. Um, so let's crack into it. I'm just gonna share my screen here. Uh, 
All right, so everybody can see my screen. We're all good, Lorenda? Yes. Perfect, thank you. Um, so we're going to start with, uh, I'm just going to define burnout. We're going to talk about how we can recognize signs of it. And then we'll talk about how we can offer support to our coworkers and how we can take care of ourselves. Um, finally, and certainly very importantly, uh, strategies that we can take to reduce, prevent, address burnout, um, and some further resources that might help along the way. Uh, GoToHR, for those of you who don't know, is the Health and Safety and Human Resource Association for the hospitality industry in British Columbia. Um, so we offer free resources training and consultation for tourism and hospitality in British Columbia. And as I mentioned on this initiative, we're in partnership with uh, the Canadian Mental Health Association of BC. So the World Health Organization defines burnout as a syndrome. So that's a collection of symptoms. Uh, results from chronic workplace stress that's not been successfully managed. Um, so it's characterized by exhaustion, being tired, um, kind of uh, distancing yourself from your job. Maybe you loved it once, maybe you don't love it so much anymore. Maybe you find yourself venting a lot to your coworkers, a lot of um, break room dishing and um, sense of just being ineffective. You are like, what am I even doing? What am I accomplishing here? I have had all of those symptoms myself, for sure. I'm no stranger to them. Um, what the research will say, and this is from the Workplace Strategies for Mental Health website, is that burnout is more likely if you expect too much of yourself, if you never feel your work's good enough, if you feel inadequate or incompetent or underappreciated, um, if you feel like you're, the demands being placed on you by your workplace are unreasonable, um, or as if the job is just not a good fit. And sometimes that's what it comes down to. Um, but I feel like that's kind of um, a very like individualized perspective. Maybe, maybe that set of conditions or, or signs puts like a lot of onus on the individual um, and, and maybe um, victim blaming, if you were, because I think it's a, well, and research shows that it's a social phenomenon. It's a workplace phenomenon, right? So what I would like to throw out to the group is what you think are maybe some of the, the preconditions that can lead to burnout or some of the things that might make burnout um, more likely. So now I'm going to uh, try the whiteboard feature which I haven't used before as a presenter, but it seems pretty straightforward. So I stop sharing my screen here. We'll go into our whiteboards. And this uh, should give you all the opportunity to contribute to this discussion. Feel free to, um, actually, I guess on a webinar, you can't unmute your speak up. So um, I'm hoping that everybody is able to say like add text to here. You should see um, a toolbar on the left-hand side of the whiteboard. Um, mine defaults to the draw function, but there is a little T or uppercase T, and that should allow you to write text.
And uh, yeah, please let us know in the chat if you're having a hard time using this feature. Hi, Maureen, good question. For myself, as a host, it might look different. But I see um, I see the whiteboard, and there's a toolbar on the left-hand side of the white screen. Hmm, no toolbar. Interesting. All right, well, we'll abandon this strategy for now. I appreciate your contributions uh, in the chat. Yes, if your coworkers are experiencing burnout, then uh, they might be the first dominoes to start falling. Um, anxiety definitely is a surefire sign if you already have it and you maybe you need some accommodations um, to help limit or manage that anxiety in the workplace and the lack of those accommodations could certainly exacerbate it. Yeah, unreasonable work demands and deadlines, the research definitely shows that micromanagement for sure. I, I think that this issue makes it very clear to me as well that um, it's very, very hard to separate um, mental health from good leadership in the workplace. So yeah, if you have a micromanager, super stressful, definitely feels very unnecessary. Yeah, understaffed, overworked. And I think that um, maybe some of the, the, the problem with some of those structural concerns about like having heavy workloads and stuff is that they can be perceived as very subjective. I don't know a lot of employers in the tourism industry that have a reliable way of measuring workload or that even attempt to measure workload. Productivity, maybe. Um, so we're going to address today some of the things that we can do um, as coworkers, as supervisors, as individuals um, to help ourselves and our community. Yeah, boundaries are huge for sure. Um, and that, that will come up as well. So I'm gonna go back to my slides. Uh, so the stress continuum, I think, is a very important part of this, because in saying that we need to uh, find strategies to address burnout, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have any stress at work. We're going to have pressure at work. Personally, I appreciate it. Um, I like being pushed to outdo myself from time to time. And pressure can become stress. It often does when it's not you know, met completely adequately. And that's, I think, also fine to have a little bit of stress. But when that stress is unaddressed or unresolved, it becomes chronic, then it builds up and becomes burnout. So just to, um, just to point out that there is a continuum here and not all stress, um, I would say, is bad. And I also want to address that there is an intersectional component. So um, people with different identities are having different pressures 
um, and experiencing stress differently on a day-to-day -day basis, certainly than I might in my very privileged identity. Um, and uh, there's a physiological component as well and a cognitive component. So um, you might experience stress under a stimulus that might not cause stress for somebody else, or you might experience stress more greatly or have different needs to, um, to resolve that stress. So it's very individual for everybody. Um, so some of the signs as an individual, um, feeling defeated, hopeless, unmotivated, irritable, um, forgetful, distracted, not even wanting to go to work or get out of bed in the morning. A lot of these things uh, overlap with depression as well. Um, and I, I have a, a worksheet here to share with you as well. And I'm just going to put the, um, the link to it into the chat. And the idea is that because stress is so individualized for everybody, um, you might think of it as just that cognitive thing of like, oh, I'm feeling like really upset with being micromanaged. But through some introspection, we can find kind of three big buckets where stress shows up for us. Um, cognitive, emotional, and physical are, uh, are the three big buckets. Oh, my apologies here but I need to go back to the chat because I wanna know how you feel about it. Sorry, one second. Okay. Um, so I'm going to add to the chat here, this link, and all of these links are going to be um, up on, our Workplace Mental Health Hub website. That's the very first link that I plugged into the chat and I'll plug it again at, uh, again in at the end. But if you wanna click on this link and just check out this really simple little handout, it might come in handy for you in the future if you want to do some introspection about how stress shows up for you. And maybe um, in the chat, we'll just spend a couple of minutes um, leaving some space for people to contribute to the chat how stress shows up for them um, in any one of these three different buckets. I know that for me, um, cognitively, I get a lot of negative thoughts, um, like rumination about all of the structural factors that I perceive leading up to the burnout, right? So for me, it's, it's a, a very cognitive phenomenon. Um, and also very emotional because for me, it does really bleed into depression. So that's when I know I'm starting to feel burnout when I, ju I just lose motivation, you know? Yes, increasing the amount of junk food. For sure, I am a comfort eater. I, that statement resonates with me very fully. Oh, a dream, being surrounded by wolves or sharks. Very scary, Tammy. But I wonder, what, what do you think the, um, do you think that has like a resolving effect or like some, because, you know, dreams, a lot of people say are like the brain trying to work something out. I'm curious if that has any therapeutic effect having those dreams. Yeah, work mares, for sure. For me, it's like I'm on an espresso machine after a busy dinner rush and there's a lineup out the door for cappuccinos. And I just want service to be over and I'm not a barista.
Uh, thanks for your contributions. Um, a signal that you've got too much going on, time to delegate. Nice, that's a very good solution to having much going on. Um, yeah, I'm going to uh, proceed with the slides. Thank you for your contributions there. So we've got these three big buckets. That can be really helpful to introspect with a little bit of structure. So the impact on the workplace, a couple of other big questions for you. And again, I'll revert to the chat following this. How do you think that burnout shows up in the collective sense from a collective lens uh, in the workplace? And how do you think those kind of community impacts or those community symptoms um, can impact the workplace? I think like um, like somebody said earlier that when you notice that other people in the workplace are starting to burn out, um, I think that that can definitely have a knock-on effect if there isn't somebody very skilled in the workplace who can help people address that. Um, if the the root causes of that burnout continue, and if the individuals experiencing that um, have a hard time addressing it then it can definitely mushroom, um, which has managerial implications for sure. Gonna stop sharing because it's easier for me to read the chat. Absenteeism, yeah, absolutely. If you're privileged enough to be able to just not show up, you know, there's um, a lot of workplaces I know where people don't have the option of missing that day's work or whatever. Um, you know, like a lot of people are washing dishes and like sending money uh, back to what, you know, their home country. Um, you might see presenteeism as well, which is going to show up on a, another slide, just um, a word for phoning it in, basically showing up and not putting any effort. Yeah, low morale, forgetting things, being distracted, which in some environments can have like large physical health and safety uh, implications as well. Yeah, increased mistakes, isolation, which again further can lead to depression, suicide, which is why these things are starting to be addressed um, from a systematic perspective, because WorkSafe BC is seeing an increase in um, uh, mental health related um, disability claims and leave claims. So there's more and more research um, and more and more transparency about how much financial impact this has on the economy and on places as well. Trying to avoid burning out coworkers by not giving them enough. Yeah, rather than delegating, like taking it on yourself can definitely be the problem. I see that in managers so much, especially like junior managers that have uh, a lack of experience delegating or a lack of confidence in delegating. Um, but might be very empathetic people, which is a great quality in a manager, but then will burn themselves out by doing everything themselves. Yeah, lost trust, huge problem for sure, especially in um, physically risky environments, uh, feelings of resentment, 
which make Pharrell even worse. That's awesome. Thank you again for your contributions. So this is what the research is saying. Um, things that you've all recognized, low morale, um, turnover related to absenteeism, toxic dynamics, errors, um, poor performance. Yeah, absenteeism, presenteeism. And one thing I just, I don't wanna really dwell on this. I know that it's a big problem in hospitality industry. Um, so it's something I've spent a lot of time thinking about, but um, substance use. And if we, in, if we have people in the workplace who are having struggles, challenges with substance use, I think that this is very helpful to remember that like many times in my career, substance use seemed like the antidote for stress, the antidote for burnout, and did forestall my burnout for a number of months before it finally all finally came crashing down. But as we'll see, um, two of the best ways to address and prevent burnout are to engage in empathetic connection with people um, and to physiologically complete the stress cycle through things like laughing, crying, um, physical activity. And substance use is like a really accessible way to get to these two um, techniques to address burnout. And it's especially really accessible in a younger workforce that hasn't yet developed or been exposed to or had modeled um, emotional management skills and stress management skills. So if you can just drink a six pack after work, that's a lot easier than going through like a process of self-discovery to learn that you need stress management skills. So just bear that in mind when it comes to substance use is that it's um, in my experience and in a lot of the people that I've worked with, it's fulfilling um, some very important functions. And if we want to replace substance use um, or reduce it, then we have to um, address these functions that it's performing for us. So here's a quote from uh, a book called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, which I super highly recommend for anybody that has a really stressful job or, or a history of burnout. And the quote is that emotions are tunnels. If you go all the way through them, you get to the light at the end. Um, the idea that emotions have an embodied and physiological component that you have to work through and that stress is very much related to emotions and you have to work through it to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. And this uh, is very much related to burnout. So taking you back to the stress continuum slide, what we need to do is we need to go through our stress tunnels and we need to address stress before it becomes chronic stress. So this is kind of the model of how to do that. Um, the physiological model of stress presented um, in the burnout book by Emily and Amelia Nagoski is that we will have a stressor, our bodies will respond to that stressor, and then through that physical response, that physiological response, our bodies will find resolution so that we can reset. Um, so an important distinction here is that the stressor and the response are different. Um, if we have a stressor that's like an angry customer or an impossible deadline, we might be able to, like following our stress response to that, right? Which is the sympathetic nervous system, our fight or flight or freeze 
um, part of the nervous system kicking in and telling us like, this is danger, this is time sensitive, this is urgent, I need all of my body's resources to address this urgent danger right away. That's just like how we're wired evolutionarily, right? When we resolve the stressor, which is like, you know, maybe we complete the deadline or the angry customer goes away, we've resolved their problem. We still have cortisol, stress hormones, sympathetic nervous system engaged in our body. We've resolved the stressor, but we haven't resolved the stress response. That's the tunnel that we need to move through. Uh, we need to move through that stress response tunnel. So we need to address this spot right here. We need to resolve the response so that we can get to the physiological revolution. We need to learn to engage our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest part of the nervous system. This is like the key to the mint, the key to unlocking the cycle. So what their research has shown is that these techniques are very reliable in disengaging the sympathetic nervous system and resolving the stress response by engaging the parasympathetic system. Um, deep breathing, crying, laughing, um, going through that physical activity, sweating it out, um, effective connection, positive social interaction, creative expression, these are, these are all activities that tell our nervous system that we are safe. That's the key. Tell our bodies that we're safe. So, oh, I want to, I, I really need to give you a link to this. I have another great handout. Um, first, I'm going to give you a link to the book itself so that you can learn more about the book, burnoutbook.net. Um, and based on that book, um, a therapist friend of mine has created this really awesome handout that um, talks about these resolving the, uh, these activity responses. Um, so it goes a little bit more in depth into them. So uh, please download that share it around, spread the word. So this stuff is key. Now you all have resources to remind you of what all of those things are. Um, so outside of those kind of physiological things, which are so key, cognitively, you can remind yourself about what you used to love about the work at the very least. Um, reaching out to your bubble of love is one of the most important um, cognitive or social things that you can do to resolve burnout. Um, the Nagoskis say, surround yourself with a bubble of love. And they, they really stress that, that particularly if you find yourself in a place of chronic burnout, chronic stress, the further you get along into it, the harder it is to come out of it. And they say that once you get to a certain point, you can't self-carry yourself out of burnout. You have to reach out outside of yourself. You have to find those connections of people to support you. And that, that support, that love is what will help bring you out, help get your head um, above water. So um, 
some ways to reach out to find outside help. If you have an employee family assistance program, definitely use those. I've had great success with them myself, found some really great counselors um, to help me through uh, some of my own substance abuse issues in particular. Um, and a uh, counselor, if you have uh, good counseling benefits, you could get at least a few sessions. And it's just really helpful. If you haven't done it, it's really helpful just to talk to somebody in that sort of clearly defined relationship where it's about you. You get to be selfish and talk about your problems. Uh, really, really helpful. Um, you can check out the Workplace Mental Health Hub at workmentalhealthbc.ca. Um, that's uh, a CMHA website that uh, we contribute to from GoToHR to make sure that there's industry specific resources. So there's a bunch of stuff up there. Um, Bounceback.ca is a cognitive behavioral therapy program. So that's one modality that um, has been proven to help people with stress management techniques. And if you dial 310-6789 with no area code, um, that's, um, that's a Ministry of Mental Health and Addictions uh, resource to connect you to the right people um, to help get you somebody to talk to, whether it's peer support or counseling. Uh, but if you have an EFAP or, or, or benefits, uh, extended benefits program through your employer, that's the best thing. You'll probably get more timely care through that. Um, please contribute in the chat from your experiences of things that you can say to support people. Um, if you notice that somebody is going through burnout or going through like a lot of chronic stress, and you want to support them yourself. Um, I'm gonna add one to the chat myself. And I got this from uh, Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart, which is like her newest book. Um, and she's done an episode series on it. And she says that one of the best things you can do to be, uh, to be supportive is to ask what does support look, for, look, look like for you right now? And I, I think that's just brilliant. It's very direct. And as Brene always says, being clear is being kind and it helps get you the information to ask, um, you know, to know like, is this something I can help with right now? Is it something I can help with later? Is it something I can put you in touch with outside resources? Or maybe this person just wants me to, to listen and that can be helpful. Yeah, maybe, maybe, um, it's taking tasks off somebody's plate. Maybe it is sharing the work and helping them delegate if they're not great at it themselves. And maybe it is just listening, um, listening empathetically for sure. Yeah, good one, Cora. Some people are too selfless perhaps, or they're too people pleasing maybe to, to really take care of themselves. They need to be reminded that they are important. That's a great one. You're important. We care about you, you know? I guess the tricky thing about telling somebody that you care about them is not coming off as maybe patronizing or um, I guess it depends on the relationship that you have, right? Yeah, food, I support, I'm a big food guy. <laughs> Bring me food, it'll warm my heart 100% of the time. Yeah, that's great. Super supportive. Just let them know that you're on their side. I love it. Um, we like to recommend a strength-based approach. So 
you know, focus um, rather than focusing on um, maybe what they're doing wrong or, or, you know, the weaknesses that you're, that you're seeing in them, focus on the strengths that they have. Um, depending on your relationship, of course, it might be a little bit different if you're a supervisor and you have a performance management issue to deal with, but nonetheless, focusing on strengths is always a positive thing to do. Um, being clear is being kind, you know, be direct without being harsh. Um, ask for the time and space that you need to process it. So maybe that's like, thank you for sharing. Like, can we reconnect about this on Friday, right? Um, debriefing the conversations. So like maybe a follow-up. And of course, um, things like what I'm hearing you say are that you're experiencing this and this, you know, is that right? You know, just like echoing back to them what they're saying. Um, so as a manager, supervisor, employer, um, you have like certain, certain responsibilities. So um, it's advisable for sure to keep it, keep the conversation focused on um, work concerns. Um, because if performance isn't being affected, then maybe you're in touchy area to, to, to bring things up. Totally depends on your relationship, for sure. Um, but it's important to address the concerns and ask how you can provide support. It's also important to know that if there could be a health issue or a mental health issue, um, you have a duty to accommodate. You have a duty to inquire um, if they would like to discuss accommodations. Um, this is now getting into potentially like legal HR territory. So I'd like to say that if something like that comes up, if you think that there is a matter of accommodations, um, please do reach out to, uh, to myself at GoToHR and I can put you in touch with uh, one of our human resource specialists who can help guide you through that um, and connect you with the appropriate resources. I can help connect you with mental health resources. And of course, from an HR perspective, um, really important to document any sort of conversations like this that you're having. If you're just a colleague or a friend, starting the conversation is the most important thing and letting them know that you care. Um, actively listening, being empathetic, um, having that empathetic ear is super important. Again, please reach out to me. Um, my, uh, my email will be at the end of this uh, presentation and my phone number. Um, but I have a lot of resources about how to engage as an active listener more successfully. So that's definitely what I'm here for. So please reach out to me if you um, need further advice or resources in offering support to colleagues and being a great peer supporter. And one of the important things is to be, be wary of like automatically going to a problem solving or like saying what somebody should be doing. Um, as much as it comes from a place of good intention, it's not necessarily what people need, which is why I recommend that, that Brene Brown script of like, what does support look for you right now? They might want you to help them solve the problem. They might not. Um, and you won't know until you ask. So don't make that assumption that your job is to be a problem solver. Um, remember that it's a workplace phenomenon. So let's not be judgmental about it. It's not like, you know, somebody's you know, you, you just, you can't handle it. You're too soft. Like I see that a lot in kitchens, but I will say that um, some of the hardest, um, most like battle hardened 
um, strongest work ethic people that I've ever met in my life have burned out. And it's like their body gives out before their will does. Um, I know one chef, uh, a very prominent, very successful chef, um, had a stroke before the age of 40 because he just um, just believed himself to be so um, impervious, so, um, so iron-willed that he worked his body into a stroke and he's not the only one, right? So it's a workplace phenomenon. This happens at work. Normalize these conversations. Let's try to destigmatize that idea that it's like um, burnout only happens to the weak or something. It happens to everybody and it happens to the most ambitious of us as well. And importantly, let's move from a, a reactive, like, you know, catching somebody burning out and then trying to help or catching yourself burning out and then trying to resolve it. Let's move to a more proactive approach. So I'm now going to introduce you to a bunch of resources um, that can help us move from reactive to proactive. There's a website called Workplace Strategies for Mental Health. Um, I'll feed a couple of links into the, uh, into the chat right now. Uh, here, uh, here we are, I found it. So um, Workplace Strategies for Mental Health has some really great resources. Um, on the left-hand side of the screen here, this is a participant handout from a workshop that they just they have and they tell you how to put on this workshop so if you want to put on a workshop in your workplace about putting balance on the agenda then you can take their resources customize it and it really takes like a lot of the a lot of the work a lot of the planning out uh, of that so to make it easy for you to address this proactively in your workplace um, on the right there's uh, just a coloring page they have another um, resource called Learning to Recharge Booklet, which has a bunch of kind of like personal stress management strategies, one of which is coloring. Why not? That's fun, right? Um, we have here as well, this is from BC's Hub for Workplace Mental Health, um, our uh, website in partnership with CMHABC. Um, we have a series of videos called Safety Talks, and they address um, mental health concerns in the workplace. Um, we have one specifically to address burnout. And in addition to that video, which you can find at the link I've just plugged in there, we have uh, handouts, one handout for workers, and we have one handout for leaders. So if you wanted to lead a brief meeting to discuss workout in, uh, burnout in your workplace, then you can take the employee handouts, print one out for everybody, distribute those, take the leader handout and then use that to guide your conversation. So these are very practical, um, easy to use workplace resources. Uh, the videos you could show in a meeting or you can just like provide the links, people can watch them. So check those out. Um, this is a great one that we have uh, very recently developed um, specifically for the tourism and hospitality industry, the workplace care certification. Uh, care standing for compassionate and respectful employer. Um, but this program is for everybody. As you can see here, there's three levels to it. Level one, foundational skills is for everybody, workers, supervisors, owners, everybody. Enhanced skills level two is specifically geared towards supervisors and managers. And then level three is still in development and that's for senior leaders and HR managers and stuff. 
Um, this is specifically developed by the tourism and hospitality industry for the tourism and hospitality industry. And I am one of the, um, the moderators of the discussion forum. So I like to try and encourage um, robust discussion there and contribute my own experiences as well. So definitely check that out. A uh, really, um, really good certification program. We're getting some really strong feedback from industry, um, positive feedback about it. So highly encourage you to check that out, sign up. It's free. It takes like two to three hours um, self-paced online. Really great, really accessible training. Um, building a healthy culture in the workplace is a really important proactive step. Um, there's a lot of ways to do that, um, providing people with a sense of control over their work, sense of purpose, um, reward and recognition, acknowledgement, um, and communicating clearly. So again, this comes back into the kind of progressive leadership piece that is really hard to um, extricate from the um, mental health piece. So employers, managers need to lead by example and build trust really importantly. And everybody in the workplace has a responsibility to challenge inappropriate behavior, especially when it comes to workplace bullying and harassment, which again li lies under um, a different specialist, the health and safety specialist, because there is workplace health and safety legislation around bullying and harassment. So if you have any further questions about that, um, please send me an email, give me a call. I can put you in touch with the right resources and the right people, because it's really, really important that we have equitable workplaces, diverse workplaces, workplaces where everybody feels safe from violence, the threat of violence, bullying and harassment. So we have resources to address that um, as well. Uh, Service for All is a super, ho super host course um, that we offer. I think it's like $35, but you can get that reimbursed through a BC employer training grant and we can help you do that paperwork. Um, this is a really good training. It's like six hours, it's pretty long, but I learned a lot from this. Um, so I recommend this definitely as well um, in terms of uh, EDI. And we have some EDI resources on the uh, BC's Hub for Workplace Mental Health. Um, Kristen Bauer has been contracted. Uh, she's an expert in uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion, and she's been contracted to write some contact for uh, some content for us. So I'll plug that link into the chat as well. Um, this one in particular is to an article about cross-cultural communication in the workplace. Uh, GoToHR has developed this industry HR toolkit. So this may not seem directly related to burnout and workplace mental health, but I'll tell you one thing as a manager for sure, um, when there's a lack of resources, like if you're not in a corporate environment, a lot of places don't have these resources to streamline like hiring and onboarding. Um, and a lot of places don't have reward, recognition, retention and engagement strategies. So we have a number of resources um, to help managers and I think in particular junior managers to do a successful job of implementing these sort of foundational leadership strategies. Um, and that can reduce, you know, reduce stress on people that are being more well-managed and it reduces stress on the manager themselves by having better systems in place. 
Uh, dealing with difficult guests is I'm sure a challenge for many of you. So we have super host training. Again, it's 35 bucks. You can get it reimbursed. Talk to us, we'll help you deal with it. Um, that has some strategies to help deal with difficult guests. Um, the Canadian Center for Occupational Health and Safety has some training on this as well. And um, we have free licenses to that training. So that's one that you can take, again, online self-paced uh, very easily for free. Those links also in the chat. Um, and again, I'd just like to remind you with difficult guests, you may be very good at resolving situations with difficult guests, but remember that you have to resolve your physiological response. Resolve the stress, not the stressor when it comes to taking care of yourself. Um, sexual harassment prevention is super important for everybody. And again, this is um, this training, Safer Spaces. This is again about three hours um, self-paced. Uh, go to HR, develop this with funding from the Justice Institute. Um, I think this is amazing. And it's again, being met with some really positive feedback uh, from people who have taken it. This course is designed for managers to help prevent sexual harassment, but also how to, um, how to address a disclosure of sexual harassment that's happened in the workplace. And not knowing how to address that makes it much, much more stressful. Um, so any managers taking this program will, I'm sure of it, create a more positive workplace environment and reduce stress uh, for everybody. And this again will be part of like a multi-level certification. Level two is currently under development. Level two will be for all workers and everybody's rights and responsibilities um, and opportunities to prevent and address sexual harassment. Um, and further risk reduction resources um, pertaining to physical violence and bullying and harassment, which is considered like part of physical violence as a precursor to physical violence. Uh, GoToHR has resources for you to address those things as well. And again, if you um, would like further information for the resources, I'll put you in touch with the right people for sure. Um, and of course, physical health and safety. Um, if you're stressed out about not having a safe work environment or being asked to do unsafe tasks. Awesome, thank you, Brandon. Yeah, I think my, my links there were not, um, were not differentiated. So I will copy that one back in. Um, physical environment can improve on its physical health and safety. You can check out this free Foundations of Workplace Safety training program, and that can help. Further resources to help more. Um, this link uh, to the Workplace Mental Health Hub has all of the links that I've fed into the chat here today. So I'm going to put that one just one last time into the chat because that is the hub for everything that I've been talking about here. Um, Bounce Back, I mentioned earlier, Here to Help has um, a number of resources. Uh, there's a number of partners in the mental health uh, ecosystem that are connected through the Here to Help website. So if you go there, it can help kind of navigate you through the, um, the public mental health ecosystem. 
And I do recommend checking out workplacestrategiesformentalhealth.com. It's a website by uh, Canada West, Canada Life Insurance. And they've done a lot of work. They've put a lot of resources up there. Um, it might be like a little bit challenging to navigate. If you want specific resources, I have them all. I've spent a lot of time on that website. So again, reach out to me, Shane Lobsinger at slobsinger at go2hr.ca. I can help you navigate all of this stuff. Um, I specifically am supposed to be working with businesses in the lower mainland and Vancouver Island. Um, but wherever you're from, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I might put you in touch with Rachel, who's our counter, my counterpart in Thompson, Okanagan and the interior. Um, so it just might be like um, easier for you to get in touch with Rachel. So I can put you in touch with her as well. So we're your mental health concierges. Um, so please send me an email, give me a phone call if you want uh, any further assistance with this. I'm, I would love to help out. And we have a few minutes for a little bit more Q&A. Thank you, Shane. Thanks, I'm just gonna pop up my slide that reminds folks where to find the chat uh, to pose your question or make a comment. Although our chats are very active today, um, so that you most likely will be familiar. It's in the taskbar. If you're unsure where to find that, just hover your mouse at the top or bottom of the screen and I can read your questions out to Shane. Stop sharing so that happens for the chat. And someone did ask if these resources will be available as an email. Um, I'll be downloading the resources that Shane has shared here in our chat, and I'll be attaching them to our follow-up email with a copy of the recording. Um, Shane Debbie has a question here saying, thanks for all of this and mentioning bullying. Can you speak to what to do if your boss is the bully and any tips for how uh, a board of directors should deal with these issues? A really good question. Um... Because bullying falls under workplace health and safety legislation, I have to start by saying that I am not the credentialed expert on this legal matter. So send me an email and I will put you in touch with somebody who is, because this is very serious. Um, if the boss is the bully, then they're, they're okay, every workplace needs to have by legislation, a reporting procedure in place for the event if the boss is the bully. So if it comes to the point where you need to go over your boss's head, there's a procedure in place or there needs to be by law. And if there isn't, then WorkSafe BC needs to get involved. So um, I'm not an expert on this, so I can't say anything with any authority but I would love to put you in touch with somebody who is, is super serious. Thank you. A question here um, from Maureen. Uh, I'm working on starting a business. Is it possible to have, to have all your senior staff take training to manage stress and, stress and mental health in the workplace? Yes, 100%. Um, with all of the, the, the free trainings, that I mentioned earlier. And I would recommend like in particular, the big ones for me are that workplace care program. We have levels one and two in place and that would be super beneficial for leaders to go through those. Um, and then level three when it comes out and also the safer spaces training. Um, 
you can absolutely mandate that that um, all of your leaders have that training for sure. And we offer it for free. So it kind of lowers the burden on you um, in terms of like incentivizing or, or incentivizing or paying for their time or however you want to deal with that end of it. Um, but definitely, um, definitely we would recommend that you have people take those trainings. And there's a bunch of other trainings as well. We can help you put together like um, a package of all of the trainings that we're aware of at, you know, for free or for low cost, and then um, help you decide what pieces that you, you want to put in place. That's exactly the kind of thing that we do. Um, so if you follow up with me through email, then we can like discuss it more specifically. I can bring in the HR team, the health and safety team, and we can help you kind of customize a package that will get some great training to your leaders. That's an awesome idea. Thank you. We have a question here from Meg. Um, thank you so much for this. Ooh, just got to scroll up. Thank you so much for this. How do I know if my job isn't just a good fit for me or if what I'm feeling is anxiety burnout? I've questioned that myself many times. And I think like the one way to start is go back and look at the job description. And a good job description have like a description of the ideal candidate for the job, which should at least hint at the psychological demands of the job. Um, and that in like standard HR practice, that would be related to the national occupation code for that job, which might describe what the psychological competences, competencies are. But that's kind of like a kind of like an official bureaucratic way of looking at it. But maybe a better way for yourself would be to take an inventory of like what do you what do you think are the psychological competencies required for the job or the physical competencies, right? Um, like a classic example from hospitality would be that um, for front of house, you know, to be a server. You have to be like extroverted, um, high energy, um, very patient and understanding and empathetic and wanting to please people. Um, you could take that as like a stereotyped um, view of a server and probably most cooks wouldn't fit that profile. So a traditional way of looking at that in the restaurant environment would be like there's two different kinds of people and you can very clearly define who they are. I kind of take issue with that black and white look, but you can kind of do like an inventory like that for yourself. That might be a good place to start. Um, and like I'm going to recommend to everybody, send me an email, we can go over it in more detail because this is exactly the kind of thing that I work on because every situation is individual. So I'd like to hear more about, you know, what what your job is like and what sort of stressors are you experiencing and maybe maybe we can help you figure out more self-knowledge and maybe some more strategies thank you uh debbie was just asking if you had any um, templates or suggested methods on reporting bullying um i'm going to direct you to the uh go to hr um website that has all of these things i'm going to put that link in the chat uh, one more time here. From this link, the Bullying and Harassment Resource Toolkit, um, you should be able to find uh, everything that we have in that ecosystem. Um, there's a lot of WorkSafe BC materials on it as well. 
Um, and again, I can put you in touch with an expert if you need more help. Thank you so very much. I don't see any other questions or comments coming in, um, but if anything does come up, I will be sending along these resources as well as Shane's email address so you can connect with him. Oh, and Shane's put his email address in the chat there again. Wonderful, thank you. Um, Shane, I wanna thank you so much for joining us today and to thank our participants as well. This was really, really comprehensive definitely uh, needed and um, really helpful. So thank you again for your expertise, your knowledge, and all of the resources you've shared with us. Um, I hope everyone here has a wonderful afternoon and a great rest of the week and have a wonderful day. Thanks so much, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for your thank contributions, you. your questions. Thanks, Lorenda. Thank you. Take care.